Hello and welcome to the show today. I am your host and founder of Heaven to Earth, Susan Fleming, business alignment therapist equipping kingdom leadership to multiply life without burnout. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. Hello friends, it is so good to be back with you. Just want to say thank you again for tuning in every week. I hope you've been enjoying this leadership series. I know it has been not just fun, but really insightful for me to get to interview all of these amazing, incredible kingdom leaders and hearing their stories and their viewpoints and seeing all the places where we overlap, right? And the places where we don't, right? And, and celebrating our differences and our uniqueness. And so it's been really fun for me to get to be able to do that. But I thought it would be fun this week, um, instead of me interviewing someone, but instead for me to come on and answer some of these questions for you so you can hear my answers. And I thought about getting somebody to interview me, but I think I'm just going to, we're just going to go for it and, uh, and let you hear some of my responses to these questions. We'll see how many we get through. Um, I tend to be a little long-winded, so <laughs> we'll see how many questions we get to in the time that we have today. So just setting the scene for you, I'm sure you know the drill by now. We're going to go back to 12-year-old Susan and what she's doing. And I really had to think about this. 12 years old, uh, sixth grade, I believe. So going into middle school, well, actually about halfway through sixth grade, because my, my birthday's right in the middle. I'm a January baby. So uh, we were, yeah, so I turned 12 in sixth grade, about halfway through. And Oh, man, just thinking back to that time of what it was like in, in fifth grade, you really get this sense of confidence because like you're the oldest one there, right? You're the oldest one at school and the younger kids kind of look up to you. And, and so I, I really felt confident leaving fifth grade and then Going into sixth grade, I suddenly had this awareness that, wait a minute, all my friends aren't here. Like I hadn't considered that before. We had multiple, um, we had multiple middle schools in my town. And so some of my friends ended up going to a different middle school than I did. And it did not hit me. That realization didn't hit me until the first day of school, it was suddenly like, wait a minute, you know, all those people that I'm used to being around that I feel safe and comfortable with, they're not here. And um, so that was really an awakening for me to realize I've got to make friends again. And that felt really strange. We had moved a few years prior. Um, I want to say about three, three or four years before that, 
we had moved. And so I had been through that process of being in a new place, making new friends, you know, and I expected that because we were moving, you know, so I knew that there was very much an awareness of you're going to a new school and there's going to be new people going into middle school. I didn't feel that same awareness, I guess is how I would say it. And so sixth grade was a little rocky. <laughs> uh, I realized I'm not as confident as I thought I was. And I really wasn't as sure as my, of myself as I thought I was. And, you know, again, just that transition time of now there's new teachers here and these people don't know me. And I had a reputation before of like the good, good girl, studious student, made all A's, right? I had a good reputation. <laughs> and again, just going into a new place, it's like you have to kind of reestablish yourself. So that was probably deeper than anything you expected to hear, but that's, that's where my brain went. Um, thinking back to 12 years old, at what point did I catch the vision of who God was calling me to serve? That was much, much later because I, I'll say this, I had had visions when I was very young of an older me on stage. And so did I have the vision of where God was calling me, sort of, but did I have that vision of who he wanted me to serve? No, not clearly until I was in my 30s. I would say mid, mid to late 30s <laughs> um, when he called me into online coaching is really when I got the vision for business and who the, the who was, you know what I mean? So at what point did I catch that really truly catch it, hold on to it? You know, I think of Habakkuk 2.2 that talks about, you know, writing the vision, making it plain. Um, yeah, no, that was not until in my 30s that I, I got that clear enough vision to to write it down and really go after it. And then as far as remaining focused, you know, I just, I'm one of those people that once I decide to do something, I'm on it. I stick with it. Like I'm, I have that grit and that determination, like you're not going to get me off of it. So there's been plenty of times when business was slow and it was just getting going and my husband would would ask me you know at, at what point do you say this isn't working and go a different direction and I was like mm, never like I don't know why you're even asking me that <laughs> you know that's my that's just my resolve when when the Lord asked me to do this and I said, yes, it's a yes, period, not a yes, if it's going well, yes, if it works out the way I think it's going to, yes, if it meets my, no, there was no conditions on the yes, it was just a yes, 
God called me to this. Yes, I'm doing it. He, I gave him my yes. I gave him my agreement and I continue to do that every day. So there's, there's not a point for me at which in and of myself, I, I determine this isn't working and we're not going forward. Now, having said that, you know, if the Lord directs differently, then that's when it will change. But until that point, this is where I'm headed. <laughs> I'm still headed after what he, he told me to go after. So um, has it been hard to remain focused on that? No, no, not at all. Um, let's see. The next question is about authenticity. How have I... How have I been able to step into being myself, connecting authentically? So that, wow, this may be a long answer. That is, that's been a process. That's been an incredible process of journeying through, not just learning who I am, but accepting it embracing it, owning it for myself, taking responsibility for it, and living it out. That's how I believe you, you show up really authentically. You have to be comfortable with you, <laughs> right? You have to know who you are, and you have to know what your mission is. And it was at that point when I knew those things that I was then able to go, okay, full steam ahead. Nobody's derailing me from this because I'm clear. Again, it's about that, that vision being clear. And without the clearness of the vision, you don't know what direction you're going. Without the clearness of this is who I am, right? There's an element there of, in, in the process of the, for me, the first step is, this is who God says I am. Well, that's all well and good. That's great. But if I don't believe it, right, if I haven't owned it for myself, then there comes a point where the rubber meets the road and it's not enough to say, this is who God says I am. And so I had to own it. I had to take responsibility for it. And I had to actually put in the work of the internal stuff, you know, taking out that junk that was telling me, no, that's not who you are. And, you know, getting all that out and then putting truth in. And that's the process I take my clients through. So this is a big question <laughs> for me to answer because it, it's, a, it's a process. You know, it was mm, a solid six months of removing things that didn't need to be there. And then going, okay, God, this is what you've said about me. And it was almost, 
I don't remember saying these words, but when I think back to it now, my attitude was almost that of like, okay, convince me, convince me it's true because I don't believe it. So he did that. He led me through that process. And also during that time, not just took me through it, but taught me how to teach it to other people, how to actually rewire those beliefs in my brain at the cellular level. And that's so incredibly powerful to do because that is what makes change sustainable. It's not behavior modification. We're actually changing belief systems. And that's a big deal. Because up until that point, you know, I've, I was in my 30s. So I had 30 plus years of thinking one way. And now I'm completely changing a lot of that. A lot of that changed. So that was a big deal. But that's how I've been able to show up as myself, connect authentically, and really serve from the place of knowing that what I'm telling you is true. That's how I can be so bold about it, because I know it's true, I know it works, and I know it came from God. So that's where my confidence is when I, when I show up authentically, that confidence comes from knowing those things. So I didn't take too long on that one, right? Um, I am noticing though my chair is super interfering with my background today <laughs> for some reason. It keeps popping in and out. I have one of those really tall chairs and uh, yeah, it's, it's messing with me. I'm trying not to look at it and just keep going. <laughs> okay, let's see. What is our next question? How important have mentorships and masterminds been? Um, priceless, absolutely priceless. It's so important. And I would say not just for the things that I learned and implemented, but for the things that I learned and didn't implement, it gave me a chance to see this is what resonates with me. This is what doesn't. And it's okay if everything doesn't. You don't have to implement, you know, or put into place in your business everything that you learn from someone else because everything is not going to be for you. And that was a huge lesson. And that's something I really try to instill in my clients is that I'm not asking you to follow me or follow my system. I want to give you the strategy for creating your own system with God that you two together figure out. Well, not that he has to figure it out, right? But <laughs> you two in partnership together deciding these are the strategies we're going to use. These are the tactics we're going to use. These are the people we're going to connect with, right? And it, it being so authentic to you that you love doing it and you enjoy business and working in your business is fun for you because you have decided 
these are the things I like to do. And these are the things I don't. These are the things that really fill me up and feed my soul and allow me to serve others as myself. And these are the things that really don't, that feel icky and out of alignment and I don't like them and I don't have to do them. And so giving, giving yourself that permission to say, I don't have to follow what everybody else is telling me to do. So the mentorships, the masterminds have been really valuable for me to come into that place of making decisions for myself. When I first came into business, when I started, I was very much in the mentality of, you know, find the person who's doing what you want to do and copy them. And that's really how we're taught to do things. Right. Think about even going back to school days. You, you connect with the people you want to be like, and people even now tell you that in business, like, oh, you're, you are most like the, what is it? The five people that you hang around with the most or whatever. So choose your friends wisely. (laughs) Um, And I'm not saying there isn't value to that. Business and even life is, it's, it's not about being someone else. It's not about following someone else. I'm not saying you can't pick up strategies or a business model or whatever, you know, from someone else, but you make it your own. Even if you decide this feels good and I want to use this, you're still going to make it your own. Not just blindly follow because so-and-so said, this is how you do it, right? So I hope that's helpful to somebody. I hope you feel like that really gives you permission to be authentic to you and choose those things that work well for you and let go of the things that don't. You know, I've had plenty of coaches that gave me systems to use that I tried to implement and it just didn't, it just didn't flow for me and I didn't enjoy it. And I'm not saying you you don't ever have things that you don't enjoy doing, right? There's, there's going to be things that you have to do that you really don't want to do. And at some point, maybe you outsource that. This is a different, a different type of enjoyment. And I almost wish there was a different word for it. But it's that sense of, this is nourishing to me versus this is really draining to me. And so I pick those things that are nourishing to me and and let go of the things that are draining to my energy. So, yeah, I hope somebody uh, pulls permission from that and just picks the things that that you want to do in your business. Uh, Let's see, what was the next one? What's something that people seem to misunderstand about you? Hmm. I think a lot of times people, I think there's a lot of things, but um, a few different things come to mind. One of them being, I think people assume when I talk about money 
in abundance, I think that they assume I'm, I'm teaching prosperity gospel. I'm saying like, oh, name and claim it. Or if I use words like manifest, they're like, ooh, well, that's new age. You can't do that. Or I talk about meditation um, or mindfulness techniques, right? Like all those things have been twisted by the new age movement but they are godly things and so in my reforming the space and reclaiming those terms i think they get misunderstood um what would i say they maybe misunderstand directly about me i think a lot of times because I'm more soft-spoken and quiet and my demeanor is just more relaxed, I think people assume that, I don't know if this is the right way to say it, but I, I think they assume that they can walk over me, that they're going to get their way, that I'm that I'm a pushover or whatever you want to call it. Um, and for the people that know me, you know, that is, that is very much not the case. Um, I am very firm in my beliefs, but I don't feel that I need to bombard anybody with them. So I'm not someone that's in your face with these things. But if you ask my opinion, I'm going to tell you, you know, it, it's that sort of thing. But I think people underestimate me because things are assumed. And maybe I just need to leave that there. <laughs> I think I'll just leave that there. Okay. Moving on. Uh, what do you think? makes a great leader perseverance for sure determination you've got to keep going um i would say too that a, a really great leader people that i'm drawn to are not just knowledgeable but vulnerable in that knowledge. I'm not sure if that makes sense. Let me think. How, the, how else to say that? Um, there's something about vulnerability that draws you in. And I think it goes back to that authenticity piece that you can be vulnerable and still be strong. You can be vulnerable and not fall apart. So there was a time for me when vulnerability meant I would end up in a puddle in the floor. Like I just, I, I didn't have that, that balance of vulnerable and 
maybe knowledgeable isn't the right word, but you know, that persona of expert, right? And so being able to interweave your own personal stories into the knowledge that you've gained, whether that be through books or through experience or whatever, wherever the knowledge came from, if you can interweave personal stories in there, it shows a side of vulnerability to you that people are attracted to, but you're still also establishing your expertise in a way. So to me, a great leader is someone who, who mixes those two really well, who they don't just teach from book knowledge, but they're also teaching from experience. And I just, I, I think that blend is the most inviting thing because it's not someone saying, hey, look at me, I'm so smart. Or, hey, look at me because I've been through all this stuff or done all this stuff. But it's really someone just saying, learn from my mistakes. <laughs> um, yeah, I like that style of learn from my mistakes. It's not even a, hey, look at me, but it's a, it's like, I messed up. I did some things poorly and you can learn from what I didn't do well. And yeah, I just think that's, that's a really great mix. What do you value most in a partnership or collaboration? For me to partner with some, someone, whether that's business or not, I I need to know your heart. I need to know your message. I need to know that we are on the same page. We may not do things the same way, but I need to know that where you're coming from is similar because, because you're essentially representing each other. Right. If you're in partnership with someone, you're saying, okay, I'm going to, I, I, I'm representing you and you're representing me. It's how I feel about partnerships. You, you're combining to where if one person isn't present, the other person can speak for them. Right. So it's got to be someone that I'm really aligned with. Because I essentially feel like they are representing me and I want to know that they are going to be able to, to do that well and to answer questions the way I would answer, not even necessarily the way I would answer them, but again, from that same perspective, from that same heart, from that same intention. So we've got to have a similar message. There's got to be trust and um just real connection like i don't go into partnerships lightly so that's how i would answer that <laughs> what do you think is the most important skill someone needs to master to sustain a successful business mm. being in the lord's presence 
And yes, I consider that a skill because it's really something we have to learn to do well. So to me, that's a skill and it's something that we can practice. And it's something that I, I teach my clients very early on is to practice receiving from the Lord, practice being in his presence. That's like, I think it's like the first or second assignment that I give. (laughs) You have to know how to do that. You have to. And that brings the sustainability because as long as you are in communion with him and being obedient to what he shows you in that, then you're going to be successful. Now, how we define success may be different, but you're definitely not going to be that flash in the pan if you are staying in communion with God. And then coming back around to our final question, wrapping up with 12-year-old Susan, what would I tell her? If I could go back and talk to her, I would say... There are hard things coming your way, but you've got this. You will be better than fine. You will come out the other side bold. And full of courage. The hard times will strengthen you. And they're not something to be bitter about. Learn to forgive quickly and trust God completely. And I'm going to leave that right there. Thank you all so much for tuning in this week. Don't forget to uh, subscribe so you don't miss anything coming down the pipe. And um, blessings to you. And we will talk soon. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you want to learn more about me or any of my guests, all the links are in the description below the video. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and share it on all your social pages. Until next time, remember that you have the power to multiply life without burnout.